warn you that uh, first service was long. It was good. I will uh, I hope that we can the songs that we sing of that Christ is our hope. I hope that we can say that it is it is well. Each one of us here. I hope we, we know and understand that there's only one way as through Jesus Christ. The only way that we can have eternal life is through Christ. And today we're we're going to partake in communion. And communion communion is oh it is so intimate, so holy communion. It, it is is where we remember where we remember the, the body and the, the blood of, of Christ that, that was broken and, and poured out on a cross for you. For God so loved the world, He sent His Son for you. So we can remember. So we're able to, to share His blood and His body. And for us to partake, I'm, I must tell you that we must be born again. He told Nicodemus that it's not just being born physically, but it's, it's being reborn spiritually. And it, it's for the believer to partake in remembrance of Him. It's, it's, it's where, that, where Jesus sacrificed His life so that we could have eternal life. And, and as we partake in communion, we're proclaiming that we have eternal life in heaven, that, that we are uh, proclaiming and, and abiding in that He has victory he, over sin, that, that death and sin have no more reign over us because He has conquered the grave. We are, are celebrating His resurrection power. We are remembering and celebrating His kingdom today and His kingdom come. His will be done. So we are remembering the Lord until His return. We are celebrating His death and resurrection. So I wonder, can you partake in remembering today? Can you say it is well? In 1 Corinthians 11, in verse 28 through 32, the word reads like this, But let a man examine himself, so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself. Not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you. And many, many sleep, for if we judge ourselves, we will not be judged. But when we are judged, we are, are chastened to the, to the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the Lord, the world. Listen, when Paul's, when Paul's giving this, he, he's saying that we should take the Lord's Supper in, in, in remembrance. 
When he's saying unworthy, he's speaking of the, the church members who are coming and just doing this out of routine. Matter of fact, if you turn back and look in, in 1 Corinthians 11 in verse 17 through 22, you'll see that the church was partaking and not remembering. They were just eating so that they could get full or drinking so that they could quench their thirst. They were doing for themselves and not in remembrance of the Lord. So he's saying, hey, don't do this in an unworthy manner, but remember what I have done for you. Remember the sacrifice. Remember. Church, we need to realize that in reality, no one is worthy of partaking. So don't sit and, and beat yourself up over, over sin. By no means. He paid for that. He bled for that. He died for that. Be saying unworthy. We need to, to sit and remember and see, examine ourselves. Have the differences between one another. Is there discord between each other? Is the church in unity with itself? Examine yourself. And if so, don't partake. He's saying be careful. Be careful. Examine yourself. So listen, our, our man's going to come forward. And you, you guys come on now. See, Scott and Jonathan and Brandon, where's, where's Brandon? These, these guys unfold the, the elements. I, I challenge right now, let's, let's take a moment and examine yourself. Examine. And sure, I'm sure there, there is things that need to, to have confession, but examine it. Is there discord? And if so, repent. Make men's unify. So if you will, bow with me. Bow with me. Just have a moment of silence. Father, as we enter a time of communion, as we remember the sacrifice that you made on the cross for us, the, your body that was beaten and, and torn and, and mocked and spit on Father for, for us let us not take this lightly Father let us honor you and, and worship you Father as we take this cup and this, this bread Father may we, we bless it do so in remembrance of you and not ourselves. In Christ's name.
these guys uh, are going to pass the elements, I'm going to read you just a, a little bit. as Christ was setting and it says in verse 23 and 24 it says for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the same night which he was betrayed he took bread on the night he was betrayed he took bread and he given when he had given thanks he broke it and said take and eat of my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me and even in his betrayal, he, he knew it was, it was coming. He did this for you.
Lord Jesus said that this is body of the Lord Jesus. same manner he also took the cup after the supper saying this cup is a new covenant in my blood a new covenant in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me take and eat blood of Jesus shed for us. You may be seated. We're going to be real, real short the last 15 minutes we have. Be in Isaiah 58, and I love having children uh, incorporated in in the worship. Won't you guys? And we have a, a bright young lady that is going to come and read uh, the word for us um, as we get started and and pray. Uh, so if you want to come on up here, Miss Jody. Shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your 
purifies. Then you shall cause a little bit to spill in the spirit. You shall try and keep it there too long. And if you take away the yoke from your neck, the pointing of the finger and sticking your finger, if you extend your soul to the hunger and satisfy the affected soul, and the light shall dawn in the darkness, and the darkness shall be the noonday. The Lord beside you continually and satisfy your soul in God and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a water flowing and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old places. You shall raise up from the fountain basins of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to God. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord, honorable, and shall honor him not, going your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor seeking your own words, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth, and to you be this, the heritage of Jacob your father, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Let's pray. And dear God, thank you for this day, and I pray that everyone will be safe today, and that they virus and the virus will stop, and that everybody will be okay. In Jesus' name, amen. So the, the past, uh, you know, as you know, next week is, as we're going into what we, we could, we set apart for what we say revival, and we've been, you know, looking at prayer and fasting, and how how revival is a manifestation um, of God, the presence of, of God's Spirit falling on the church and you know the nation, and uh, I, my heart is really really burdened uh, especially over over you know this this last several weeks and looking at the condition of the, the world and where the church is and, and what we're even doing inside the church and um, how we're handling ourselves and Still, still souls to be saved, and still a gospel to be preached, and good news to, to be sown, and and here we are as a church, and we're just the same old, same old. We're just going through the motions. We we, we come in week after week after week, and we're cleaned up on the outside, and yet we're dead on the inside. And. and us as Christians have have hook, line, and sinker made this all about us. And it's not, it's in remembrance of me. It's all about Christ. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about Christ. And I see that the need now more than than ever to where grandparents and, and parents need to be instilling the word in their children we need to be bold and courageous and and go and spread the good news quit sowing discord be in one accord in unity it ain't about you 
And you say, how does that get to Isaiah? When he's telling them, it's not about them. He's sending his, his prophet. He said, go and cry aloud and tell them, tell my people their transgressions, their sin. It's not about them. They're going week after week. They're filling the temple. They have praise. They're singing old hymns, new hymns, new songs, old songs, tithing, fasting, praying. A church that we all desire to be a part of. But listen, the motive behind that was not there, it was impure. Their motive was to promote themselves. Look at me. And he's telling the people, it's not about you. That's why they said, why have we fasted and you have not seen? Why? I tell you why. Because the motive is wrong. You're doing it for the wrong reason. It's not about what class you teach or what door you open, what light switch you turn on, what ministry you serve in, if you're ahead of it or if you're not, what, what team you serve on. It's not about you. It's not about the, the ministry that you're over. It's about Christ. And I'm passionate about this this morning. Because I'm tired of seeing Christians come in week after week, and it's the same old, same old. We're just whitewalled. We clean up. We fix ourselves up on the outside and make ourselves look pretty. We dress in the nicest suits and ties. Even if it is one Jimmy doesn't like, we do it anyways. He's just mad because he can't wear the shirt. We do it week after week. He's saying you're doing it for the wrong reasons. That's why I haven't answered. I love this, this quote, if I can find my place in, in my notes, that this uh, Brett Younger describes Isaiah 58. He says, during Isaiah's time, the temple of Jerusalem was a standing room only. Standing room. They all wanted to be there. Listen, they're just coming out of the Babylonians' exile, so they wanted to hit every mark, cross every T, dot every I. They wanted to make sure they were spot on. So that's why were they singing and, and, and uh, praising and worship, but they were doing it to earn favor, to get the blessing, just so they didn't have to go back to captivity. It was wrong. It's wrong. And it's wrong for us to come in week after week after week, it doesn't matter how you dress, the tie, the shirt, the ministry, whatever you're, you're doing. It doesn't, it's not about all that. It's about the one who bled and died on the cross. It's not about what Bible translation you hold under your arm. It's not about how many degrees you have to come up here and preach in a pulpit. If they have a head full of hair or not. It's not about all that. It's not about you. Somebody needs to shout, it's not about me. It's not. And we don't like this. Because we live in a society today that is promote yourself, proclaim yourself, protect yourself. And the whole time Jesus is saying, deny yourself. He increases, I decrease. He didn't come to, to die on the cross so that we don't have a cross to bear. He says, no, 
I come to die and you must pick up your cross and deny yourself. He didn't die just so that you can gain the blessing. <laughs> no. Have mercy. Man, this is a church, when we look at these first five, six verses here, this is a church we would all want to be a part of. This is a church that we say we want our, our church to be. A church that is singing old songs, new songs, that is tithing and fasting and praying. It sounds great. But the motor behind it is wrong. It was so wrong they put all of their energies in their worship. So much energy they had no time for anything else. They disconnected themselves even with God. And when they disconnected themselves with God, when they said, okay, okay, our worship is not going to touch our conscience. It's not going to have any part of convicting no part of touching our conscience. We're going to be isolated from God and the needs of the people around them. That's why he tells them that, listen, you didn't clothe the ones who were naked. You didn't feed the hungry. You've done none of these things. So they kept their distance from God and God's children. They wanted no connection with worship and their neighbors. They ignored the poor, the needy, and everything else. All they wanted to focus on was me, 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 me. And I'm telling you that there's people every day inside the church that all we want to focus on is me, 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 me. And we wonder, we wonder why the Spirit is not falling on our church, on our community, and our nation. I can't do nothing with that. That's a heart full of pride. Man, this is, this is a description of us. It doesn't bother us. We come week after week after week. Same thing. This is a message that isn't popular preaching. That this is a message that, that he's, he's given his, his prophet to go and tell, and it, it is hard truth to say, hey, you're doing this wrong. There, it, it sounds just like this, really. It's real quiet. The preacher's probably loud and uh, excited, and the people are like, man, you're, you're on my toes. Get off of me. That ain't me. When him. He's saying, cry aloud. Listen, we need bold preachers. That's not, it's not popular, but it's okay. I'm not here to give you a, a prosperity gospel. I'm not here to give you that fasting and, and prayer. If you do this and walk in these steps, then you're going to receive all this. I'm not here to tell you that. But I will tell you that it aligns yourself in the right positions to humble oneself to receive those things. we're not compromising on the message we're not bringing Joel Osteen in here to preach the word quit throwing discord 
Until we unite in one accord, then the Spirit is not going to fall on this church. Come on, doctor, think, think how you, if you had, had cancer. Think if you went to a doctor and he knew your illness. He knew you had a, a disease, a cancer that you were going to die from, but yet for six months he meddles in just giving you medication. And six months down the road, you find out that you have a life-threatening disease. What do you think about the doctor? Hmm? You'd be confused. You'd be upset with the doctor. Why didn't you tell me this a long time ago? I'm telling you this now, verses 1 through 5, that we are going through the motions, church. We are cleaning up, we are tucking our Bibles under our arm, and we're looking good on the outside, and we're nothing but rotten corpses. God accuses them of it. He accuses this, the same in Matthew 15. He says, these people draw near to me with their mouth, and they honor me not with their lips. Their heart is far from me. In vain they worship me. Teaching doctrines as commandments of men. Listen, they enjoyed going to church, but their life, their, their life bore no resemblance to those as Christians. At all. And there's ones in here today who have been going to church for years. And our lives bore no resemblance and are complaining. Why isn't God doing this? He's saying, because you're fake. You're doing it for you, not for me, for you. So God makes the accusation against the Israelites. They were doing as they pleased on their fast day. Man, they had made this thing an important part of their religion. Fasting is supposed to be an outward expression of the soul. But see, they made it an expression that ministered to their ego, to their pride, that puffed them up. So they boasted in the fact of, hey, look at what I'm doing. Listen, it was supposed to be a private matter between them and God, not a public show. Jesus on his sermon on the mount and in matthew it says but when you fast pour oil over your head wash wash your your face so that it will not be obvious to others when you're fasting but only unto your father who is unseen to your father who sees what is in secret and then he will reward you Listen, they didn't view their fasting in, in, in opportunity to seek God. No, they were seeking the blessings. They were seeking the blessings. So they were doing it not to seek God, but they were doing it for the blessings while they lived the rest of the days of the week in their own transgressions and their sins. There was no, there was no renewal. We're doing the same thing. We're coming in here week after week and living the rest of the, the, the week in our same transgressions and sins. Have mercy. And here we are in a, in a season where God's been speaking for years and He takes everything and puts it on hold. 
And we're still not listening. We're still on routine. And here we want the manifestation of God and have a revival and book a, an a, a event for an evangelist and singers to come. But why? So we can feel good? These guys were doing this week after week while still they were quarreling with each other. They were causing strife with one another. All through the week they were quarreling and they were strife. They were bickering. But in the temple they were doing what? They were singing new songs and old songs and tithing and fasting and praying. And week after week, church, we go and we fight with each other. Tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. I hear it all week long. Check my email on Monday morning. It'll be something negative about the sermon today. Or someone who got their feelings hurt. Have mercy, it's not about us. They were doing the same thing. And he said, wake up. Wake up. you study the fasting and prayer in the Bible, <coughs> you'll see that when Jeremiah or Joel or Isaiah, Esther, any time that, that fasting was, was called, it was called for a, a whole nation. It was called for, for unity. Everyone must seek the face of God. Listen, it's time that we turn our faces to God. That there's more to life than our soccer events and our calendars and our work schedules. There's more than coming three days a week and, and, and serving all the time. It's about resting in His presence. It's about feasting in His Word. It's about bathing in His Word, marinating in His Word, tasting His Word. There's, there's, there's more than what we're doing. God wants us to rest in Him. That's what He's telling them. He said, when you rest in me and seek me, then I will go before you. Then I will behind, go behind you. That's what He says in verse 8. He says, the righteous shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Listen, that's back in Exodus when the people were coming out of Israel. He went before them and parted the waters, and was behind them, and took care of the enemy. But they had to seek his face. They had to rest in him. Not their own doing. In Exodus 17, when, when, when Israel was fighting the Amalekites, it took four people. Moses, when he lifted the staff, had to have Aaron and Hur to hold the arms. While Joshua was on the battlefield fighting, it took four in one accord. Listen, church, it's going to take us in one accord. Are we coming together in unity? Or are we doing the same as these people right here? Doing it for ourselves. mercy that's right because one day if that's the case he's going to say depart from me depart from me I, I know you not you worker of iniquity 
said, when you pray, don't be like the, the Gentiles. <coughs> because they, the, since they imagine that they will be heard for many words. And he wanted Israel's attention. And all Israel was wanting to do is get his attention for their reward, their favor. I give an illustration this morning. It reminds me of my kids when I ask them to go clean their room. I have, I have one that will go and stuff everything in the room in their closet or under the bed. They come back and they're like, good, it's golden. Now give me my reward. We do the same with prayer and fasting. We do the same about coming to church, about serving in ministries, about what we're doing because we feel entitled to receiving a reward. That's the wrong motive. That's the wrong attitude. He said, that's why I'm not answering you. Listen, Philippians 2, verse 5 and 8 says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ, who being in the nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used in his own advantage. That means he didn't consider it robbery. Rather, he made himself nothing to be taken. The very nature of a servant being made in the human likeness and being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself by coming obedient to death, even to the cross. Listen, he didn't go to the cross just so that we could have blessings, but so that he could show us to take up our cross and follow him. He's looking for men and women to stand in the gap to preach the good news, to take the gospel, to instill it into our kids, to take it to our workplaces, to take it to the street corners. We have to quit bickering. So much talk about being in, in the end times. We see all these things happening, but yet we spend more time fighting in the church house and wondering why the church is not growing and walking in power and victory as we persecute each other. Have mercy, man. That's what these dudes were doing. He's saying, when you do this and seek my face, he says, I know what you need before you even ask it. I've already answered it before I ask it, before you ask it. He says that over in Isaiah 65, 24. He says, before they even ask, I know it. That's how personal a relationship is. Religion, the only religion, true religion, is a true relationship with the Father. Not all this uh, that we keep doing week after week. And everyone else saying, you're nodding their head. But we change not. Ezekiel 22, verse 30 says, I look, he says, I look for someone. I look for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me, stand in the gap before 
of the land so that I would not destroy it. Listen, God's wanting you to fill the gap, to lay in intercession for your husbands, your wives, your children, your grandchildren, for the lost, for the church, for the nation. And all we can think of is protect myself, promote myself. It's not about you. It's not about you. He's saying when you do this, the way I designed it, then I will bless you. Then I'll bless you. Church, we're wanting God's spirit to be manifested. Willing to humble yourself. There's people that are called to be preachers and missionaries. There's there's people sitting in here who's who's called possibly today to surrender their life for Christ. A rededication. To come and and, and partake in baptism. There, there's people that are being called to, to come to the church. There's some that's called to go and grab somebody and pray and make men's. But are we going to let our pride keep us stuck right where we're at? Unless you're willing to humble yourself and seek Him, He's not moving. And it takes us as one accord. Are you? Are you going to answer the call today for the revival to fall on our nation? And if so, you're going to have to move. You're going to have to get up. You're going to stand up. Be bold. Don't bend. Don't bow. Don't bow down. No matter how ugly it is out there, you're the light of the world. You're sitting on a hill. He's calling. Will you answer him? Come on, saints. Stand with me. Hmm. Dear God, we pray that your, your word has been heard and applied today. God, may we be a people who humbles ourselves and seeks you. Father, may we surrender anything that we have put on the throne of our life that has got in the way of the life source, of the living water. And Father, may you remove the sand and the dirt that clogs the wells, and may we taste and drink the water, the everlasting water that gives them everlasting life. Father, as you call people that today that haven't uh, accepted you as their Lord and Savior, may they come and freely receive you. Father, as people need to, to come and join in baptism or, or the church, or repentance, or, or make men's, or just come and pray for the lost. Father, draw them in and give them the strength and courage to do so. Father, we thank you and we love you.